Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues. We're in West Hartford, Connecticut today, and we're going to talk with David Kenna, singer-songwriter. I want to tell you about Benormous Productions. Benormous Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, and that's the production part of music. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools are on hand to make your sound compete with your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So let's go make some records. Go make a video or something. B. Normus Productions. They're on Facebook, and you can find them at B, the letter B, NormusProductions.com. As I'd mentioned, we are in Connecticut with David Kenna. Where is West Hartford? Uh, West Hartford is, I guess, the, the way it sounds is just west of Hartford. So okay, but it's actually a separate city from Hartford. And um, we are, you know, give or take, I live about four miles from Hartford, but we border Hartford. So gotcha. And then the real important question: Are you a Whalers fan, or were you a Whalers fan? <laughs> I was never really a hockey fan. I grew up on Long Island, and oh, even. Okay. Uh, even growing up there with the Islanders the way they were, it just wasn't my sport. Baseball. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm from St. Louis, so Cardinals. You know, big Cardinals guy, big Blues guy. More of a hockey guy than baseball. I always tell people they call baseball America's favorite pastime because it passes the time from the Stanley Cup playoffs till the opening of <laughs> training camp. <So>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, who's your big rivalry then? Well, up here, you know, it's interesting because we don't have a major league team. So half the state roots for the Yankees. The other half roots for the Red Sox. Um, but I root for the Mets, which is... I was going to say, so where's the Mets? <laughs> yeah, I'm your rival. There and, we go. <laughs> uh, 2015, the Mets were going to the World Series. Still couldn't get a good spot in the Hartford Current. It was, you know, the Yankees on the back page and the Red Sox on the inside of the back page. And the Mets got a tiny little corner that they were playing in the World Series. Don't you hate that? So, David, are you a Dave or David? What do you prefer? Dave is fine. Okay. Do you uh, prefer to be considered a songwriter or a performer or both? Or how would you classify you? I mean, I guess I spend most of my time writing the songs. And and in that sense, you know, the lyrics are the thing for me. Uh -huh. um, I've always struggled, you know, where, where there, there are people who can build the melody very easily. Um, I struggle with it and it takes, once I have the lyrics, it usually takes me another year to get the music together. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I could sit down with the guitar and just start coming up with a melody. Hey, this sounds kind of pretty. And right. then I try and put some words to it and it's like, eh, no, no, <laughs> I got to start, I got to start the scrambled eggs theory. Have you heard that <laughs> story before? No. With uh, Paul McCartney, he couldn't, he had this melody for yesterday, but he couldn't think of lyrics. So he started singing scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh my gosh, you've got such pretty legs or something like that, you know, <laughs> until the words came to him. And uh, there's that, that show, the Beatles are just, I'm, I'm on this Beatles kick right now in my life, but uh, there's a show on Disney that shows them making, I think it was Let It Be. 
They had to make it in a month. They had to come up with a whole album. And just watching their songwriting process is amazing. And as right. a, a lyricist songwriter, I'd suggest if you haven't seen it, watch that show. Oh, I did. I watched it. Oh, it did. Yeah. Remarkable. Yeah. Although my response to that was it took four of them to come out with an album that was pretty good while Pete Townsend was sitting in a room by himself writing Tommy. But <laughs> <laughs> so funny. We just came back from Nova Scotia. And while we were driving around the whole province of Nova Scotia, we listened to the Tommy soundtrack. Ah. And I want to start doing that acoustically now because I just wonder how that would ho- do the whole show all yep. acoustic. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be. Yeah. <laughs> Very so much who, so. Who uh who inspires you as a writer? Where do you get your inspiration from? Do you get it from day-to-day living or do you get it from books? Do you get nature? I, from, yeah, I would say I get it from day-to-day living. The songwriters who I listen to the most and I would say who had the biggest impact on me in developing a style um, number one would be Dan Fogelberg. Um, I think he's completely underrated, not only as a songwriter, but maybe even more so as a guitarist and musician, because yeah. he's really phenomenal. Um, to me, he was sort of the Thomas Jefferson of music because he could do every piece of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Krista Berg has had an enormous impact on me really? uh, because of his storytelling. You know, he where where a lot of writers can come up with a great melody and, and everything to be able to pair the melody with a story that somebody might actually want to listen to and, and may have some bearing on their life. He, to me, he does it as well as anybody in the world. Um, he really it, is fantastic. His name came up, I think just about a week ago too, with another guest that I had on really? here. And I'm not familiar with, I've heard the name, but I'm not from, I'm, I'm not placing him with any song. Well, his big song, the you know, the breakout song for him, the first breakout song where people really started to notice him was Don't Pay the Ferryman, um, which came out in the 80s. Um, right. He then toured with Asia. So Asia was bringing in huge crowds and he was getting the benefit of that. But then the song that everyone remembers is Lady in Red. Oh, and, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Now I know who you're talking about. Right. And so that was his, you know, that was sort of his big seller. But you know, he had so many great albums before any of that stuff came out. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, I, I say, I, you know, I borrow styles. I don't borrow their chords or their even necessarily the rhythms, but the style of storytelling uh-huh. um, really for me comes from more from Krista Berg and then Dan Fogelberg's ability to put a, a really nice melody together and harmonies and things. Dan Fogelberg, I I loved growing up listening to him. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a child of the '70s, but he really got me with High Country Snows. Yes, that was I think the the best piece of work he's ever put out. It you was know, fantastic. He, I just loved every bit of it. And he and, toured with uh, Chris Hillman and Jerry Douglas and a bunch of guys. And um and what happened was before his show, they would warm up. And, you know, and then he would have them come on when he was doing the music from High Country Snows. But I thought one of the great things was they covered a Dan Fogelberg tune. Um, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, but they covered it. Chris Hillman band yeah. um, covered that as they were opening for him. And it was funny because it played beautifully as a bluegrass song, but it was off his first album, I think. And it was just, um, I'll remember it at some point. But yeah, morning. Morning Sun, that was it. Oh, okay. Uh, and they just, it was it was such a great 
thing. But I agree with you. I mean, he, you know, he really went off in a different direction and pulled it off beautifully. And I loved how he did that. It's like he didn't, it seemed effortless. Yeah. Didn't it? It seemed like I'm going to push myself beyond what I do. Right. And it was, again, it's to me, it's one of the best albums of ever, yeah. you know, of all, all music. But yeah, it was great. I'm a Fogelberg fan anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then you brought up uh, Chris Hillman. Now, him and Roger McGuinn and yeah. JD Souther, I think, came out back in the, I want to say late 70s. The three of them got together. And came out with a hit, and then he disappeared. Do yeah. you remember that? I I remember. I don't remember the song, but you're re- right. He's someone who's always hung in the background. Like yeah. He was sort of there, you know. And I, uh, I remember it was on uh, on Capitol Records because I was a DJ at the time. Oh, okay. And and, and Capitol had this ugly purple label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, what hits you like when you're walking down the street or something happens in your life? Is it emotion things? Yeah, I would say this. I mean, that, and I know we'll talk about the songs later, but you got to in the three songs that we're going to talk about, you're going to get a piece of each. So I would say my own experience in life um, is probably the number one um, inspiration for me. And, you know, what I've witnessed or, done or seen done or what was done to me um and then the the second piece is i'm a you know avid reader of the newspaper and you know living in new york city we had a bunch of newspapers and i would read every story and mm-hmm. um there are a couple of stories that i wish you know had never been stories um they made good they made good uh material for songs but they were tough ones to to live through to live through sure well i mean <laughs> you could say that about almost every news story that's right. above the fold right <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's something so the first song that we're going to listen to is a song called the stranger it's nothing like billy joel's version of the stranger <laughs> i've never even you know what it's funny i've never even thought i know that he had that album and that song but it never occurred to me that you just got me on that one. I, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. It's so funny because, you know, I'm always aware that I don't ever want to title a song the same as somebody else. It never even, and I grew up in Long Island. I should know Bill and Joel. That's funny. Back, there, I get a lot of that, though. I get a lot of that that same reaction that you just yeah. had from artists that came up with a song like Won't Be Fooled Again. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a cover of the Who song, right? No. Did you listen to it, Tom? Well, <laughs> No, I just saw Won't Be Fooled Again. I figured that was it. <laughs> now I got to go back and listen to the songs. You know? So now yeah. I've made it a practice of listening to everything. So I'm not surprised. So I can say things like, that's not Billy Joel's version of the, of the yep. song. So who is the stranger in this song? So the stranger's me mm-hmm. um, talking to me. And and I will say this. I borrowed the concept from Christopher. He had a, he had a great song. Um, called the traveler and and what it what it was is it occurred to me and i wrote that song a long time ago i recorded it in you know 2008 or whatever but i wrote it probably in 2000 or even earlier um i've lived a really good life and you know had a lot i've been able to do a lot of fun things and things that have been rewarding and fulfilling i have three wonderful kids and um a wife who i you know dated and been married to for 41 years 
Um, I had nothing to complain about. And, and it, it occurred to me that sometimes, you know, I take that for granted. And, um, and so, you know, I was the, I was the person who was standing on the train platform, mm-hmm. but I was also the stranger who walks up to him because the stranger was me, you know, without some of the luck that I've had along the way. And, wow. That's so cool. That <laughs> is really cool. I want to listen now. Now, this is what's <laughs> neat. When I hear a song, I listen to it through my prism. Okay. Yep. And, and something will take me a certain direction. So I'll think that's what the song is about. I didn't hear that in this song because I wasn't oh. listening for that. And now I want to hear it again and listen <laughs> that you are living, you're talking to you that didn't have it so good. Yeah. That was it. Very cool. David Kenna from West Hartford, Connecticut is our guest today. And the first song we're just talking about, we listen to right now. And this song is called The Stranger. Waiting for the midnight train And the wind was blowing like a hurricane When the rain began it made me shiver and cough Life in this city shouldn't be this tough They say, oh, they say, oh The stranger walked up there were holes in his shoes Won't you give me a quarter Just a penny or two But I turned my head I looked the other way And the stranger sat down He wouldn't go away Tonight Tonight Once a long time ago In another place I could not remember But I'd seen his face Some tired eyes that never seemed to close That drawn out expression And those torn up old clothes But where? But where? Tell me, did you meet somebody you knew? No, it couldn't be Tell me, are you sure? Cause he seems to know you How could that be? The stranger looked up And he said with a smile I would really like to know you Even for a while See, it happened one day that my luck ran out I was left in the city less with than without All alone All alone But I never gave up I never felt that I should I had always had friends And I thought I always would But it seemed to me no matter who I tried to call They did not have the time And some could not recall My name My name 
So here I am, now I've got nothing to show I've got no one who loves me, I've got nowhere to go But I'll leave you alone and let you on your way Please excuse me my manners, I won't cause you delay tonight Tonight Tell me, did you meet somebody you knew? Are you sure? Cause he seems to know you How could that be? I could hear those church bells that ring As one day ends and another begins I could see the lights of the train down the tracks And the stranger got up and he turned his back And he cried Yeah, he cried And I knew right then he never had to talk I could tell by his I could tell by his walk I remembered the times we used to sing and dance As we took on the world like a game of chance It was me The man was me Tell me, did you meet somebody you knew? No, it couldn't be Are you sure? Cause he seems to know you How can that be? Tell me, did you meet somebody you knew? No, it couldn't be Tell me, are you sure? Cause he seems to know you The stranger, David Tenna, talking to himself again, right? (laughs) Yeah We're with David Kenna from West Hartford on the Music of America podcast, and we're going to talk about a couple more of his songs after we talk about this. You meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part. But somehow, after about two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned. You disagree a little bit more, maybe feeling disillusioned at times. This period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. This is usually when couples seek out like a therapist to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better, it offers exercises you can implement to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever is not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And if you do this work, you do these exercises and do them together, apply the lessons you learn, you will absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like forever. Two years after forever, 
author Mike Pollard, 30-year therapist, two years after forever.com, available at Amazon today and forever. So, David, I usually talk quite a bit about the artist in the first segment, and then we work up to the first song. We didn't. So we didn't really get a lot of background about your musical experience, your musical background, acumen. When did you start playing? What did you start playing? Tell me about music in your life. Yeah, so I started, um, well, like like so many people, I started in fourth grade and I played, you know, a band instrument. I played the trombone. Um, and at somewhere around eighth or ninth grade at our school, we had a battle of the bands. And, um, and any kid who wasn't in a band made the decision that day that he was going to be in a band. And because um, <laughs> it was just a cool thing. Yeah. And um, I had a friend who um has has since gone on to juilliard and then became a priest but he was our bass player um and you know had a great great go of it himself um and then another guy who played drums already luckily you could find drummers who were somewhat experienced by then because they were all in the school band mm -hmm. um and then i picked up the guitar and another guy picked up the guitar and it sort of started but it wasn't really until you know, I was at the tail end of high school where it really started to come together, where I realized you could actually write songs, I could, that I could write some songs. Um, and then um, I went from, you know, being in bands to going into an acoustic duo, which probably had the biggest influence on me musically um, to what I'm doing now uh -huh. with a real friend of mine who we still stay together. We still record together sometimes. Um and we're planning in our retirement to, you know, go around and play some gigs um, down the road. But that was what really led me to, to you know, writing and, and playing. And I've, I've just always done it in New York City, where I lived most of my life. Um, I played a lot down in the village. Um, I had kind of a standing gig at the Bagot Inn. And it was kind of fun because, you know, I'd get decent crowds and I could try out new material and um and about, i moved to connecticut and connecticut's been fantastic about when in your life what era are we talking about that you were at greenwich village like in the 80s the 90s the 2000s it would have, no it was, it was in the 90s into no i would say it's actually a little old later than that i took some time off from mm -hmm. playing so it was around the early 2000s like 2003 4 or 5 um <clears throat> my daughter got me back into playing she was going to be in a talent show and she decided she wanted to sing a song. And I was the natural accompanist because I played guitar. And uh -huh. we did Sister Golden Hair by America together. Oh, and fun. it got me back into it. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, so she's, my, she's the one who got me back on stage. My youngest daughter and her husband are musical. Mm -hmm. And they're actually coming into Vermont to visit. And I'm just so looking forward to getting out the guitars and the ukulele yep. that was reminded of of a time when when george harrison died they put out this tribute to george cd right. video thing and you could read a story about each artist that they contributed and paul's contribution was on sundays they'd go to george's for dinner yeah but the real fun happened when he would come back after dinner and break out the ukuleles right right Isn't that great image of the Beatles just sitting around, oh, it's a great meal there, Mary. Thank you so much. <laughs> just sit around playing ukuleles for a couple hours yeah. afterwards. And George, George always traveled with two ukuleles in case he happened to run across somebody who also played. I didn't know that. 
That's well great. done. I heard that in an interview with Donnie Harrison, and uh -huh. he said that you know he'd be on an airplane and he'd have two ukuleles with him. Well, I'll do. <laughs> Donnie, not to get off on this, but in that <clears throat> in that show when they're doing Wawa, yeah, watch, watch Donnie. He is George, man. He is yep. George in that. It's just oh, it's, it's almost scary. It really is. It's it's a, remarkable how much he looks like him. You mentioned Krista Berg and and certain styles. Do you get an idea like this guy wrote this song about this, and then you kind of twist that around and make it similar but different, like you did with the Stranger? Do you that do that with a lot of songs? Um, or... I don't try to do it. I think it just comes naturally. I mm -hmm. thought. I think I think I had a song I wanted to write, and I think you know in the back of my head I was thinking of this song by Krista Berg and how he had done that with the song, um, and, and a totally different story and a different concept. But really, that the irony of spending you know the whole time talking to this person, mm -hmm. then realizing at the end that it's you, yeah, you know, and and it's you know it. It really, it was one that I've always enjoyed playing. And a funny little tidbit, the very first time I ever played it up here in Connecticut, I was playing it one night and um, at an open mic. And after I finished, a woman came over to me and she said, it's going to be a weird question, but um, are you a lawyer? And I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I could tell by that song. And I was like, <laughs> no, no part of that song to me would remind or make me think that I'm a lawyer, but you know did she, did she elaborate <laughs> and tell you how she made that connection no she didn't she just <laughs> she said i just could tell That's i had a lot fun. of words in, i guess and and you know but uh <laughs> yeah. so is that what you did you retired as a lawyer <clears throat> yeah in april i finished okay. up as a corp as a corporate attorney i'm still doing pro bono work for some some organizations but yeah mm -hmm. i'm focusing a little more on music now gotcha and did you ever monetize your your talents prior to like walking away from it like you're an attorney so you know you obviously yeah. make better money as an attorney than you do playing gigs <laughs> well unless you're paul mccartney right right um, um there's that <laughs> no you know it's funny i i never did we tried back in the 80s we tried um we had a really good band in about 87 86 87 88 um unfortunately you know we didn't have hair like they have now but I mean, that they had back then it was the it was the era of the big hair bands right. um and we were more of kind of a poppy slash progressive rock it was kind of an interesting combination um but we didn't look the part you know we didn't have hair down to our knees right and um and a, and a ballad you know you have to have that power ballad we didn't have that. We had ballads, but they weren't power ballads. Um, so, and then I then I stepped away from it. And you know, even when I released my CD, um, I sold a lot of them. But the reason I think I sold a lot of them is that all the proceeds went to the New York Foundling Hospital. So oh, I, you know, and and on it, as selfishly, I knew I would sell more if I did it like that than if I just sold them from you know for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. That's that's it's funny, but that's absolutely it's what happens, you know. Yeah. And people support a cause more than they will an artist, but then if, when the right. when the art is gone, they're going to say what happened, you exactly. know. Right. <laughs> right. Where did it all go? That's right. Where did that that guy that wrote those great songs? What happened? Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
Um, would you be dot, dot, dot question? Yeah. Mark? That's a tough one. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you what the story is behind it. Um, that one specifically came out of the newspaper. Uh -huh. Um, and it har it came out horribly from a newspaper. Um, within the span of about six to seven months, <clears throat> excuse me, two New York City children were killed by their um, stepfather or their mother's boyfriend. I, I, I don't remember which one was which, but in, in both instances, um, they were each of the children were living with their natural mother mm -hmm. and either the stepfather or the boyfriend. And to this day, they ironically both have the same last name. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and I can't forget it. And I forget a lot of things, but I can't forget reading about both of them. Um, and, and the one boy was Quashan John Brown, um, and the girl was Nix Mary Brown. Um, both of them were killed, and they were both little, you know, four years old and seven years old. Wow. Um, and the boy was killed because he was playing around in his living room and, you know, roughhousing probably with a sibling. And somehow the TV got knocked down on the ground and broke. That didn't kill him. His father killed him. Um, and and then the girl ate, I believe it was her sister's ice cream. And, you know, she was like seven years old mm -hmm. and they had gone out to get ice cream. And apparently she ate her ice cream and then, you know, reached over and took a spoonful of her sister's. And the uh, father figure at the house, whoever he was, ended up killing her, um, you know, beating her to death. And it's hard to talk about. Yeah. But would you <clears throat> would you be was what would you have been if you had lived? Um, wow. And so the chorus has those lines. Would you be an astronaut uh -huh. flying to the moon? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a tough song to play. Every time I played it, I got choked up. I can tell. I, <laughs> I'm getting yeah, choked up and, just hearing about it, you know. And I, you know, strangely, I was in London back in 2010 for a period of time. I, as a lawyer, I had gone over and I brought my guitar with me and I ended up playing a couple of gigs and I played one night um, in, a, in a pub and I played that song. And there was a woman in the audience who just was bawling her eyes out. And she didn't know what the story was. I never told uh -huh. people what the story was. You know, I just sang the song because if I talked about it, it would make me choke up. So it was easier right, just to play right. the song. So it, it obviously had some impact on her. Um, but it really was. And that was the story. Like, you know, why does this stuff happen? And, and how, you know, how, how does this happen? Like, how can you you know, do something as a four-year-old that you don't even know what you're doing. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting beaten. Um, and it's a, it's a hard thing to talk about, but it's a hard thing to listen to. But it it really it really hit me hard. When, and, uh, when you have that experience that you had and you mm -hmm. write about it, does that, is that therapeutic for you? Well, it's therapeutic. Yes, it is. Um, but frankly, it was... It was when I, because as I said, I, you know, the proceeds from that CD went to the New York Foundling Hospital. Mm. And, and that was why I chose that charity because they were taking care of children and they okay. still do. 
um, who were orphaned or, you know, otherwise didn't have parents. Um, and I felt like, okay, maybe I can do something to help, you know, even in a small way, it wasn't, I didn't raise millions of dollars. It was a couple of thousand dollars, but yeah. you know, even in some small way to, to help some kid out there who might not otherwise get help. Um, that, that couple thousand dollars, maybe let a clerk <laughs> make $10 an hour instead of nine fifty an hour. Right. You know, right. It, it, it when you break it down like that, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's really amazing that you were able to do that and that you're able to have that experience and then kind of give back, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I will tell you this, that song probably took 20 minutes to write wow. um, because it really just poured out. And mm -hmm. I find that when it's an experience like that, it just pours out because I'm not really thinking about it, what I'm going to write or how I'm going to write it. It just was me like keeping a diary of, okay, this is what happened. And, um, and I, whoever was the second incident, that's when it just poured out. So, so the song is called, would you be, yeah. but it's written, would you be dot, dot, dot question mark. And that right. makes so much sense because would, would you be, what would you be? Right. And I'll just tell you very quickly, the ending is intentional. It wasn't a mistake in the studio. Really? And by that, what I mean is it cuts off in the middle mm -hmm. of a chord. That was for a reason, because it just ends. It just ends. Yep. yep. Beautiful. Let's give it a listen. Yep. Would you be with David Kenna and the Music of America podcast? Up an old man 
sitting here growing older just like me your little hands clutch tight to the bars and your knuckles pale installed to protect you to keep you from falling they're more like jail I know it would be selfish And I know it would be vain For me to ever think That I could ease your pain Or would you be like Columbus Sailing oceans deep and dark Would you be an astronaut Racing to the stars Would you be an Eskimo Sleeping in the cold Would you wind up an old man Sitting here growing older Just like me say the eyes of a child they are so bright but cannot see how a man can hit his son for knocking down his TV and a daughter's misbehavior will earn her just desserts but in this world of ours why does it Always hurt so very bad Each newspaper cries out your name But they're all the same There's a place deep inside me Where your face still resides Beside my shame So I crawl into bed The sheets pulled up to my head Then I start to cry While that little voice deep inside my head It keeps asking me why I know it would be selfish And I know it would be vain For me to ever think I could heal your pain Or would you be 
like Columbus sailing oceans deep and dark Would you be an astronaut racing to the stars Would you be an Eskimo sleeping in the cold Or would you wind up an old man like me Oh, would you be like Columbus sailing oceans deep and dark Would you be an astronaut Racing to the stars Would you be an Eskimo Sleeping in the cold Or would you wind up an old man Sitting here growing older just like me Would you be tough song, David Kenna? Thank you for that beautiful piece of work, though. And we're going to get back talking to David Kenna after we talk about something David mentioned that he's from New York City. Well, founded back in 1999, Jazz Generation had three complimentary programs that helped promote jazz as both an art form and a performing art as a cultural asset for New York. The Jazz Standard Discovery Program, the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, and in 2014, Keyed Up, an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists in their performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. All programs are intended, though, to develop a new generation of public audience and public performers. Keyed Up is the one I like to talk about. It's their most recent program started in 2014 by, well, it started by rescuing pianos that were destined for the dumpster and they get these pianos and position them into smaller local venues more known for their hospitality like a bookstore or a coffee shop or a pizzeria someplace like that then they would ask the venue to chip in what they could to help pay the musician then jazz generation kicks in the rest so that these musicians get compensated properly it's a really cool idea it's called jazz generation so please check them out help promote jazz in new york city especially if you like jazz especially if you like jazz in the city and you go to www.jazzgeneration.org and see how you can help them out jazz is such a big influence on so much music how has it affected dave kenna or has it you know it's funny i'm not a i'm not a really big jazz person i like jazz and um and i like I mean, there's really no music I don't like, um, but I've never been, you know, I, I I sometimes find it to be a little difficult to talk to people who are really into it because they're so strict about what is and what isn't. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say, you know, it's had an impact maybe more in the way I choose cover songs. So, for instance, 
I grew up listening to a lot of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, in my set now, when I play solo acoustic, um, I do the song Just You and Me, and I figured out a way to, to pull it off without horns. Um, but it's really a jazz tune. And, you know, it, it, so it's, it's had that impact in, you know, I allow myself to go into those places when I'm trying to decide on cover songs that I'm going to include in a show. Um, but in so, terms of actual so, playing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say in terms of the actual playing, like I, I don't think I'm at, at that level of sophistication where I can really pour that into it. It'd be nice to. I, I, I can't play jazz. I couldn't play jazz if I tried. My grandfather, if you look at one of the logos that we use here, there's a, a black and white picture of a Dixieland jazz band called the Alabama Serenaders. And the guy in the middle on the clarinets, my grandfather. Oh, wow. That's pretty oh, cool. Wow. Uh, when I was with a band in St. Louis, we had a picture of grandpa in the wow, practice room. Neat. It was just kind of <laughs> neat. that Because, you know, you and grandpa would just be digging me in there with the musicians, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so exactly. So but it's interesting what I was going to say earlier is that uh, when you were talking about how you got started in music, you said trombone. I immediately yeah. went to Chicago in my head. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, because that's when Chicago was kind of, you know, they, they weren't they were already established, but they they launched from stardom to superstardom about that time. Right. 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 So that had to have been an influence on your music. It was. Um, and I, I will tell you, I'm the youngest of seven kids. And um, I have a brother, my closest brother is 10 years older, um, which put him right in the heart of the 60s. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the 60s, I, I was force fed Chicago, Beach Boys, Moody Blues. Um, and, you know, fortunately for me, I loved all that music and I still uh-huh. do. Um, the Moody Blues had a huge impact on me, just that whole you know, long form album, which they, they don't get enough credit for. Um, but, you know, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was 67, right? The Beatles were doing Sgt. Pepper and the Beach Boys did Pet Sounds. Um, but the Moody Blues put together one heck of an album. I mean, oh, yeah. it was really amazing. Um, but I got force fed all of that music. So, yeah, it was, and I'm happy that I did. I still listen to all of it, Santana and Chicago and, you know, like to me that's just really well put together music i mean developed in in a you know really beautiful way orchestrated and everything moody blues are probably one of my favorite bands of all time yeah and and because they do interesting things with music and they do real interesting things with lyrics and sometimes the message is subtle and sometimes it just hits you right over the head yeah and yes. uh, my wildest dreams speaks to me so much that i can't do that song <laughs> yeah i was gonna say and then the follow-up right i know you're out there somewhere was uh right. the two the two belong together and they, they really, really do that's up. funny but um yeah no moody blues in fact back when they i guess it was 2017 was the 50th anniversary of days of future past and um my two sons one plays drums and one plays the viola so we did a gig it was a benefit gig and we did four songs from days of future past um we did um dawn is a feeling we did uh tuesday afternoon evening time to get away and then nights in white satin uh-huh. uh, and it was great because this son my son who plays the viola um he you know will learn the parts but then he'll add his own piece to it and it's like having a little orchestra 
That's um, cool. And the other son who plays the drums is is extremely good at playing along with and you know making things happen with a, a very minimalist approach. Um, so I'm really lucky and they'll still, you know, if they're around, they'll still play with me now. They're, you know, they've moved away and in college and stuff, but if they're around, I can still get them to, to join me sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's cool. You had, uh, had siblings that had great taste in music too. <laughs> yeah, Really, really good. Really good. It helped me a lot. So the last song we're going to listen to is a waltz city waltz. Yeah. Is this, is this for New York City or just any city? It's New York City. Um, and it really, it was, you know, the name of the CD that was on was City Waltz. But it, um, but the song, it really is, you know, I mean, sort of on the, I guess we're talking about Days of Future Past, but that idea of a day in the life. Um, we lived in New York City. We lived in a really small apartment, two bedrooms. There were five of us and we had one bathroom. Um, and so the, the day had to be fairly regimented. Like we had, one of us had to get up really early to make sure you got your shower in before everyone else did. Mm -hmm. Um, but my job always was to go into the kitchen and make the tea for my wife. I drink coffee, she drinks tea. Um, and I would make the tea and then we'd get started. And then it's that, that, that thing that happens in a city like New York, where, you know, you're in your little cocoon. But you walk out and all of a sudden it's like you've just walked, you know, it's like the fire hoses in your face. Um, <laughs> That's a it, great way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, there's a rhythm to it. It really is a rhythm to New York. And um, and then it ends with, you know, coming home at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, when the kids were little, I'd walk into the apartment and we didn't have room. So the toys were all over the place. And um, and I threw in that line, you know, I didn't even step on a toy. And um and it was, you know, it was a really wonderful way to live with little kids. Yeah. Um, because we were together. I mean, you know, we didn't have corners of the house to disappear to. And so, you know, if one person wanted to watch something on TV, you either watched what that person was watching or you didn't watch. Um, so we, you know, we spent a lot of close time together. It wasn't easy all the time. Um but it really, and so that was the concept of it, was that dance. And I did write it in a waltz, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. Um, and I think it's my wife's favorite song. It's kind of funny. I've written songs for her specifically, but I think that song is for her. And I think maybe because it has a little bit of an Irish sound to it. And she likes that kind of gotcha. you know, Irish sing-along sound. I was going to ask you, do you decide to write a waltz or does that just come to you as you're writing the song? You just think, well, this will sound better with this kind of a syncopation. And then honestly, it just happened. And I don't think I really thought, you know, you would think, right, if you're writing a song that's going to be called something waltz, that right. you would write waltz. And it happened. And I think it might have been that I wrote the song and then it occurred to me that I was writing in, you know, three, four time and that I better, you know, come up with a name that had the word waltz in it um, it was <laughs> but it was really that you know that sort of sound i i like the rhythm of that song it it it, it sticks with me and I, I haven't ever written another one another waltz um but i like that you know that sort of just like you could kind of dance with it and that's right. the way new york felt you, you almost can't if your wife owns this song 
you almost can't write another waltz or else you'll say, <laughs> right. you're exactly. cheating on me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We're with David Kenna from West Hartford, Connecticut, the Music of America podcast. The last song we're going to play from him is a song called City Waltz. start of each day before the sun's rays start to glow and then start to glisten there's a short quiet time when I just close my eyes and do nothing at all but I listen to the slow thrumming hum of a far-away drum I can hear its slow rhythmic beating As it comes close to me I can feel it, you see The tempo is not just repeating It's the rhythm of life And it wouldn't seem right to slow down And it's the rhythm that beats through this house and the streets of this town As the night slips away and we get underway Tomorrow has become today So I'll put on the tea Just a cup first for me And another for you when you wake Then we head out the door Hear the drum beat once more Louder than it was before it's the rhythm of life And it wouldn't seem right to slow down And it's the rhythm that beats through this house And the streets of this town When it's time to come home Workday is done And I know You'll be waiting For me So I'll get On the bus Even more of a rush Cause there's Suddenly so much To see But when I walk through the door I hear the drum Beat once more Utter chaos and no utter joy To walk into a room And to know that I'm home And I didn't even step on a toy And it's the rhythm of life And it wouldn't 
City Waltz with David Kenna, wrapping up our visit with him today on the Music of America podcast. And David, this is the section we call shameless self-promotion. Now, you just retired from law, so you're just now getting back into the music scene. You may not have merch. You may not have CDs and songs for people to go download and pay, you know, pay for. But let's see what the future looks like for Dave Kenna. Yeah, my my. um my goal now is to put together some shows. I'll probably play, um, you know, gigs where I'll be playing a lot of cover songs. Um, trying to keep it interesting by playing moody blues and things like that too. And you know, not just. And when I say that, I mean you know, I try to avoid just playing the standard acoustic songs that people play, even though they're great. It's there's a lot of people out there playing them, so I try to mix it up. But um, my goal is to really get going on on gigging in Connecticut, and um, and and probably what I'll be doing is I have a, my own Facebook page, but that tends to be where I put material about what I'm doing, um, and I'll do that, and hopefully you know start to start to play out a little bit more and have the opportunity to play more originals. You want to record? Around. Do you want to record someday? Um, I probably will. I have a couple you know, songs that I've written that are probably about ready to, to be put down on, on tape or whatever they get put down on nowadays. And, um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll probably do that, uh, you know, but it's, I want maybe one or two more that I'm comfortable with that I would throw into the mix um, and see where that goes. But it's, you know, right now it's really just getting myself going again. Well, as the podcast grows and, it is growing as it grows mm -hmm. more then there'll be more responsibilities and hopefully I'll be able to get to a point where I can have somebody help more than they are now yep. to do things like this, to say music of America wants to uh, congratulate Dave Kenna. He's got his new CD called, uh, uh, called it started with the moody blues or something, you know, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but we're, we're not there yet, but still stay in touch. Okay. Cause absolutely as we get to that point and you get to that point, we're kind of growing together. And by the time you come up with your CD, we might be at that point where we can just showcase it on the show or something or on the website or something like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. I would love to do that. Dave, thank you so much. We've been, all right. With... All right we'll see you now. We've been Dave. with David, Dave, David, Dave, Dave. Okay. We've been with Dave Kenna, West Hartford, Connecticut, and the music of America podcast. Up next, we'll be talking to the tone shifters. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.